Welcome to Tisha Talks Topics. This podcast is for women who are looking to align their passion with their purpose. And girl, this podcast is for you. We are covering all things on this podcast, all things women, from personal development to entrepreneurship to professional development, parenthood, relationships, you name it, I'm trying to cover it. So without further ado, let's see what this week's episode is about. Before we get started, let me just tell you a quick word about one of my sponsors. Hi, everyone. Thank you, thank you, thank you for joining us today on Tisha Talks. I am so excited about today's conversation. I have Monique Edwards, and um, she is a phenomenal woman with a phenomenal story. Here at Tisha Talks, we love to inspire, encourage, and empower women to live their best lives, to be all that God has called them to be, all that they've been created to be, and to really go out there and fulfill their passions and align it with a purpose. And Monique has done just that. Her story um, is so inspirational and so encouraging. And I'm so excited that she um, has agreed to come on and discuss it with us and to share with us. And so um, I'm not gonna do a whole lot of talking. I'm gonna allow Monique to introduce herself Um, and to share her journey, her journey with us, her journey to entrepreneurship, the path that she took, and the obstacles and challenges that she faced along the way, but that she was able to persevere through and, um, and find herself where she is right now. So Monique, thank you. Thank you and welcome. Welcome to Tisha Talks. Thank you, Tisha, so much for having me. I just want to congratulate you on your book and your podcast and all the stuff that you're doing. I follow you. I stalk you a little bit on social media. (laughs) I follow what you're doing. And thank you for creating this wonderful platform for women like us to just come and share and be a blessing. So thank you. And big ups to you for all the great stuff that you have going on. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Well, when I'm surrounded by people who are doing the things that you're doing, when I'm able to see um, other women, other mothers, other wives, Um, other entrepreneurs stepping out. It just, it really allows for us to build a community where we're able to support each other. And so I'm I'm just doing my little part. So (laughs) And you're doing it well. So thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. So tell us, tell, um, I didn't really introduce everything that you're doing. Um, So I wanted you to have the opportunity to do so, to let everyone out here know a little bit about um, who you are and, um, how you're, how you're showing up in this world currently? Right now, I am in a new phase of life, a new season, and it's been a blessing. For the past year, I have been transitioning to what is now my fourth career, and <laughs> I am doing uh, executive strategy, executive coaching, and I also am a writer, I'm a speaker, so I've really moved from the places and spaces that were very well defined into things that are now very different. I do communication skills training for executives. I sit with CEOs in a roundtable format, CEOs of high growth venture capital backed companies and help them with strategy and their business issues. And I also have my own private executive coaching clients, women primarily of color who are middle to senior level in their careers and they're looking to make a jump in the next one to three years. So I do leadership development, communication skills training and image management with that group. And out of all the things that I'm doing, I 
love that probably the most <laughs> because I see myself in that group. I'm giving them what I had more or less at times in my own career. So I come from a background of finance. I worked in finance for a few years out of undergrad. Then I spent the majority of my career practicing corporate law. I was a transactional lawyer. I wow. did mergers and acquisitions, uh, private equity. I did some securities work. I did a whole bunch of transactional work. Then I moved into being the general counsel of a $3 billion business. So it was a part of a business unit of my company. So I did that and I wasn't fulfilled. Hmm. I didn't like it. <laughs> I had spent all this time and money getting a degree in credentials and moving in spaces where I was very highly valued and I did exceptionally well. But one lesson I learned is just because you're good at something, it doesn't obligate you to do it. Oh my gosh. Can I just interrupt you one second? Yes, you may. <laughs> because I remember, um, so I worked a lot in finance and accounting mm. and um, people used to tell me all the time, well, this, you're good at this. You're good at this. You should go, you should go for it. So I, I actually got um, into school for my MBA in finance mm -hmm. and I sat in that first class and I was like, I don't like this. <laughs> like, like, I really don't like, like, I don't wake up in the morning thinking about finances. Mm -hmm. It just, you know, yeah. it, it was just easy for me, but I didn't really like it. And so that's so interesting that you would say that because I think a lot of people get caught in the same trap of like, this is a talent or a skill that I've acquired but does that necessarily mean that it's something I'm passionate about or that I love to do? And also, we've sometimes spent a lot of time and money acquiring that skill and acquiring that credential. So the responsible part of us says, girl, you can't leave that good job. You spent all that money going to law school, business school, master's degree program, whatever. And now you're like, oh, well, I guess I just gotta make it work. Yeah. So I, for, for, I practiced law for almost 20 years and on good days, it was okay to good on the bad days. I wanted to rip my eyebrows out. I didn't like it. It didn't stimulate me. I'm a little bit of a rebel. So the corporate environment didn't always jive with me at times. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to be in a place where I could be my more authentic self. Yes. Which mm -hmm. is so important for vitality. Because the more you have to suppress who you really are, the more your purpose gets derailed and the more your vitality shrinks. Wow. Mm -hmm. So I then said, I really want to be part of something that has a mission that I really believe in. And at the time, my husband and I were very active in ministry. We had been associate pastors for some years at a church. And so I came to a point in my life where I said, you know what? I'm going to take the leap. I'm going to leave in six months. Once, once my little stuff vests and once I get my little goodies, I'm going to leave. Yes. <laughs> and, and that December, I went home to visit my parents. And my father had been sick, but I didn't really appreciate how sick he was. Mm -hmm. And I'm, I'm in the process of writing a book, and I talk about this a little bit in my book. But I didn't realize how sick he was. And then when I saw him, I thought to myself, I said, wow, daddy's not doing good. And I saw that my mother getting older couldn't really manage all of the doctor's appointments and the healthcare stuff he had going on. And I remember going back on the plane, it was after Christmas, it was December 28th. And I said, man, I gotta find a way to be home more. But I was in a crazy job, pressure cooker. I was one person doing the job with four people. It was crazy. 
I said, I have no idea how with this upcoming audit and some other stuff happening, I'm really going to get a chance to go back home like I need to. And I'll never forget, I went into the nail salon once I got back home and I sat next to a woman who all of a sudden we struck up a conversation. I never talked to anybody in the nail salon. I put my earbuds in and I'm <laughs> listening to my music. I'm reading my book. But we started up a conversation. She was maybe about 15 years older than I was. And she told me, she said, that job that you're in is a career, but it's not a calling. You need to leave and go find your calling. And I was like, but my husband just started his own law firm. And I got two kids and we got a mortgage. And she said to me, she said, you and your husband and your children will be fine. You need to get, leave. And she said this, she said, don't delay, get out now. Hmm. And I was like, but I'm trying to leave in six months after I give my little stuff. She don't understand right. how this all works. So I went home, I told Lynn, and I said, and this woman just started talking to me, and she's not even a believer. Like I asked after she left, like, is she a Christian? They were like, no, she's not at all. Which tells us that sometimes God will use whoever he has to use to speak to us. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So I've been praying that they would lay me off. I've been praying. I said, Lord, you know, if there's any way, if they're doing cuts, if, they, if they're cutting back, if they're reshaping departments, please let me be somebody who gets laid off. Right. And, and, and in 2008, in the middle of the recession, I went to try to get laid off. I said, listen, if you guys are looking for somebody, I'd be interested. I raised my hand. <laughs> and they were like, no, you have a wonderful future here. No, not at all. So I'm, but I'm still praying, still praying. And I walk into the office, I think maybe January 3rd or 4th after the holiday break. And they say, you know what, we're, do, we're making some changes. And you've been such a great employee for so long. Here we are, we're going to offer you a package. Wow. And they, they, I, I got what I had asked for and prayed for. But the funny part about it is, and this goes to God's timing, in 2007, my husband and I had bought a new house and things were on the up and up and up. And I said, we had one kid, we were planning our second and things were going great. I just gotten a promotion and a big raise. And I had a dream that I had been laid off. I had a dream that I walked into the office and they said, we're making some changes wow. and we're going to give you a package and, and, and transition you out. And every time I got ready to quit, I kept thinking about that dream. I said, and the dream was so real, it was so vivid. So from 2007 all the way to 2012, I kept wanting to quit, or 2013, I kept wanting to leave, wanting to leave. But something said, but Monique, that's not the way it happened in your right. dream. Right. It, it, it was different. Mm -hmm. Can I tell you, when I walked in the office on that day and they said that to me, if they uttered the exact words that I heard in my dream six or seven years earlier. And then I knew, I said, okay, this is you, God. Mm -hmm. And they gave me a great opportunity by accelerating a whole bunch of stuff that I would have had to wait six months for. They right. gave me a great opportunity to walk out. I left out of that office, Tisha. I, I was looking over my shoulder. I was like, I don't want them to know I'm too happy about it. <laughs> I drove out of the parking lot. When I was out of eyesight, I pulled over to the side of the road. I got out of my car and I danced. I was like, thank you, Lord, because it gave me what I needed to actually begin to move forward. Mm -hmm. But little did I know that my father was dying of cancer. Wow. And so I spent the next nine months going back and forth to New Orleans, taking care of my father and doing things to try to visit him and help him along with my other siblings. 
So God had a way of moving me and strategically positioning me because I had a desire, but there was no way I could have fulfilled it. I had a a plan, but I didn't know how to go about it. And when he, when I got released, it opened up a wide number of possibilities for me, even so much that I went into full-time ministry after that. Wow. Wow. he gave me the launch pad that I needed. He opened the door and I've learned when God opens the door, don't look, don't question, make a run for the border. Yeah, definitely. I, and I think it's so awesome the way that God prepares his people because I too have had like countless dreams. Like when I, I had an office space and I went from an office to a cubicle and God even prepared me for that. But even prior to that, he prepared me for my transition. And like you, I'm like, okay, I'm vested. And if I do this, then maybe I could do this and go out. And then this, I could do that. Like, you know, we like to plan stuff out, you know, because we want to make sure everything's all right. Like, are you yes. And, um, but the way that he showed it to me, um, and the dream was just, it was so, you know, when it's God giving you something, right? It was so um, vivid and so, so clear. And it was me, actually, the water was coming into the building I was working at. Hmm. And um, I was still working. Water coming up to my knees. I was still working, mm-hmm. talking to people. Um, water was just coming up and coming up. And it was, it was a storm outside. Mm-hmm. And finally, I was like, you know, I'm not going to wait for them to tell me that I can leave. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Um, then, but even then, I got up <laughs> and I was like talking to people, come on, y'all, we can't wait, you know, make sure you have this, make sure you have that. And as I was trying to help people, which was what I did, like people would come into my office and tell me mm-hmm. different things and I would give them, you know, advice based upon, um, you know, my, my education as far as like how you handle and you move in this environment and this culture. And so I was just still helping people. And, um, and then I sunk into the ground mm. and I had my arm sticking out and somebody came and lifted me up and my keys fell. And I was like, oh my gosh. And at that point I was just like, you have to go. Like you, you have to go. You can't, you know, yeah, let them do what they're going to do, but you have yeah. to go. And I remember it was like a challenge getting out the door. But when I finally got out the door, I looked down and I couldn't see my keys in my hand. And I said, I have to go back and get these keys. I left them inside. But when I went to open the door, there was no um, firm foundation. There was no place for me to walk. Mm, mm. Like I couldn't, I couldn't even go back if I wanted to. And then when I looked back at my hands, my keys were there all along. Wow. And it oh, was like, wow. Oh. Yeah, girl. <laughs> what? What? Like God was telling me, you better have the key. What you need, girl. <laughs> you better preach yeah I was just like that's a word it was like three years prior to me Mm -hmm. leaving but everything began to like it 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 um everything where I was just began to like almost like suffocate like (laughs) it just began to like suffocate me Mm -hmm. and although I was trying to plan my exit um Mm -hmm. in a way like you know let me like same conversation (laughs) y'all structuring Y'all so, and they would not, you know, and then God had to really deal with me. Like, Letitia, you are um, valuable in doing the things that they want. They are not just going to let yeah. you go. 
let you go. Yeah. Right. You're, you're going to have to make that move. You know, this is going to look different and be different and it's not going to necessarily make sense, but you're going to have to make that move. So I just think that's so awesome how he prepares us, you know? He, he does. Sometimes we need a push. And I, re I needed a push because I've been talking about what I was going to do since 2008. <laughs> right. And it's 2013. I, was 14, right. I, I forget the dates, but it was years. And so wow. I think God knew she needs a, she needs a shove. And mm -hmm. he gave me the shove. So the, so the shove comes. And I'm like, okay, good, because I got some unemployment and whatnot. But that stuff runs out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you don't keep giving you that forever. Yes, it does. And so after, my, after we buried my father and came back, I was like, okay, did that for, you know, that was my focus for nine months. So what am I going to do? And I had friends sending me general counsel positions and leads and saying, listen, I can get you in here, get you in there with your resume, with your background, we can do this, this, that, and the other. And I made a decision to cut all of those resources. Hmm not the relationships, but the resources. There's a story in the Bible, I can't remember if it's first or second, it must be second Kings, I think, with Elijah and Elisha. And when Elisha is following, getting ready to follow Elijah, he says, wait, let me go back and say goodbye to my mother and father. And Elijah says, oh, what have I done to you? Just go on back. And Elisha mm -hmm. says, no, I'm coming with you. Elisha goes and he burns his oxen. Mm. oxen he burned the plow the oxen everything and oxen that was his way plowing it was an agricultural society so when elisha burned all of that he said i'm going all in there's no looking back and i had a number of relationships and people who were saying listen you can go do this again but it was a really a point of faith for me to say okay the, the thing that made you feel comfortable in getting you out the door that's gone now wow now you got a choice about whether you're gonna follow me or whether you're gonna fall back into something out of fear and comfort so that you can then go back to what was lucrative, but you, you were living, but you weren't alive. Wow. So what are you gonna do now? So I had to make a decision to be like, okay, God, I'm gonna trust you because all the nice stuff done <laughs> going away now. <laughs> what am I going to do? So I had to burn my oxen. I had to let those, networks lapse. I still kept my law license, so I'm still licensed to practice. But when people said, let me talk to you, this headhunter, I told the headhunter, sorry, but I'm changing careers. Mm -hmm. I didn't know what I was changing it to, mm -hmm. but I wasn't going back to that because I knew God was calling me to something else. Mm -hmm. And so from there, I did pastoring for a while and I loved it. Shout out to Trinity Christian Center, love, 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 my TCC family, Pastor Tyrone and his wife Cassandra and all the people there, love them. And I did that for a few years and loved it. But then another restlessness started in me mm -hmm. where I said, you know, I have some things that I want to do. And I'm looking at the time, I'm not getting any younger. And I finally made a decision on the heels of a health scare mm. to really jump into what I'm doing now. Mm -hmm. But it really took the health scare because when I went into the MRI machine, I just prayed. I said, God, if you I collapsed in my home and I said, God, if you get me out of this, I'm going to live full on out and do every single thing I think you want me to do. 
because a year prior, almost to the date, I, my brother, who was 51 at the time, he had a medical procedure, some things went wrong. Two weeks later, he collapsed in his home. They revived him, he goes to the hospital, they put him in an MRI machine, he lapses into a coma and he never came out. Wow. So when I was in that MRI machine, I was like, oh Jesus. And I remember saying, Father, if you let me, I don't know why I collapsed, I don't know what's wrong. They thought I might've been having a stroke. I said, Father, if you let me out of this, I am going to do, I'm going to move on to the next phase of my life without fear, without hesitation. Mm -hmm. I'm just going for it. Mm -hmm. And turns out, did not know that stress can mimic the signs of a stroke. <laughs> so wow. it was really just stress. Stress is nobody's joke. That's why self-care is so important. When I, when I went through that, being on medical leave and going through a battery of tests, I said, okay, Father, I am going to, and I know it's cliche-ish, but I am going to live out loud. I'm going to live my best life. Whatever is in my heart to do, whatever I think I want to go do, whatever I believe you've called me to do, I'm going for it. I'm making a run for the border. Mm -hmm. And that's what launched Speak Monique, which is you can go to my website, speakmonique.com, and you can see the different things that I'm doing. But that is what launched the communication skills training, the CEO facilitations, the executive coaching, the writing, the speaking. Wow. Here I am. Wow. So can you talk to us a little bit about how you stepping out into Speak Monique, the type of, I guess, freedom and peace that it's giving you? Because one of the reasons you were saying that you um, decided to take that step was because, um, because of the stress in the other areas. So how has... How has you stepping out, how has that changed your, your life? It's changed my life in a few ways. I am now in a space where I get to set the pace of my life and I get to edit my life. So before your life is your story. Right. And you are the editor of it. It's up to you to edit it. When you edit your life, what you do is, you, an editor in a book, you've written a book, so you know this. I'm writing one, so I'm learning it. Girl, shout out to you for writing that book. It's hard work. They, the editor keeps coming back to me, asking me to change stuff. I'm like, girl, what you want from me? Yeah, she's a wonderful editor. And I'm like, this, this book better be a bestseller because this is work. It's a lot of work. It's tough. But what I'm learning is what an editor pushes you to do is to tell the story in a way that gets rid of the good and magnifies the best. Mm, mm -hmm. When you have superfluous stuff in your story, tangents that don't really add anything, rabbit trails, that is a nice little story, but where does this fit? It doesn't add to the story, it doesn't make it a great story. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so I've learned that you are the editor of your life. So me shaping a life that I love now and feel refreshed in, spiritually, mentally, emotionally, and, and ener energized professionally really started with me editing my life. I had to look at my life and say, what's working well, what's working average, and what's working great. And for those things that were not working well, are they essential? And anything that wasn't essential, I had to edit that out. Mm -hmm. And that meant having some hard conversations with people about stuff that I just wasn't going to be doing anymore. Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. tough. Yeah. Because you have to overcome the fear of disappointing people. You have to overcome the fear of people not being happy with you. But in that process of editing, I read a quote 
that said saying no might make them unhappy, but it will make you free. Mm -hmm. And if nobody's told you, your freedom is more important than their happiness. And I learned that I had to be, I was only responsible for my freedom and my happiness. So with prayer and fasting, and that's the other thing, I don't do anything without prayer and fasting. I prayed and fasted for a long time. Mm -hmm. And I decided, okay, these parts are not working well. I have to edit those out. And so I had to edit those out in a responsible way, but I had to edit those out. The things that were average, is this what God is calling me to do? Is this part of my purpose, which is I define purpose as your unique role in God's plan for his world. Mm -hmm. So what is it that God has called you to do to bring his plan to fulfillment in this world? That's your purpose. Your calling is how you do that. You can do that as a facilitator, a coach, you can do it as a lawyer, doctor, whatever. And your assignment is a specific location in which you do that. And side note, people get nervous when the assignment changes, but, but calling and purpose, that's a, don't worry about the assignment. Right. The assignment may shift. Right. And so I had to look at it and say, is it part of my purpose and my calling? And if it wasn't, then it had to go. If it was, but I wasn't doing it in the most powerful way that I knew God would have me do it, I then had to say, okay, we got to take this up because we don't serve an average God. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. excellence in all things and all things to God's glory. Mm-hmm. So how can I do this in a way that magnifies God even better, even more? And so I had to make some decisions about investing in me. That's the other thing I talk to my clients a lot about. Don't ever be afraid to invest in yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I had to take classes. I had to read. I had to study. I had to invest time learning about things that I never knew anything about, like the aspects of social media and marketing and developing. Didn't know anything about that. And so I had to do that. And in the parts of my life that were best, that were great, I had to, even that, I had to surrender to the Lord and say, okay, God, let me make sure. This is wonderful. I love it. It's great. But is this you? So at every checkpoint, I had to surrender it to the Lord, ask him, is this what you would have me do at this time? And what's the right way to go about doing it? And so before I could create something new, I had to edit some stuff out. Right. And so that editing process then gave me the freedom to be like, oh, okay, I can breathe now. Yes. <laughs> I can take a breath now. Mm-hmm. And now I can actually get some vitality back. Right. Now right. I can get some joy back because I got a minute for some self-care. Right, right. And it is in the combination of, you know, my personal formula, I love to live, laugh, love, learn, and earn. That's my formula, live, laugh, love, learn, and earn. And so I was able to then create avenues for me to do those things. And that is really what brought the vitality back in my life. People say, oh, you're glowing in this season. Yeah, because I took a minute to edit some stuff out, surrender the rest to the Lord, see what he gave me back, and I'm doing that in the way that he wants me to do it. Wow, wow. That is so... Awesome. I love the way that you, you put it all together. I definitely have experienced um, that in my life. And I think for me, when I really decided that I wanted to unapologetically show up mm. in the world and trust God that how he create, like th- that he had a purpose and that um and that as i surrendered to him 
in that purpose, um, I could do it unapologetically. And then I think that's when I begin to start examining, like, I can, I only have one life. And so I can choose how I'm going to invest my time. Whereas before I was just kind of like, okay, you need me to do this and you need me to do this. And you want me to do this. I remember I had somebody, somebody who was, um, who had a a very, uh, I guess, powerful role in my life. Tell me one time that, um, you know, that degree is for, for, for me. Or that mm-hmm, that that um, going and get that you know such as that masters because you know that's for for me for, and so I had to realize that um, I cannot live my life for other people, right? And so I had to I had to um, and it was tough. It was a trend. and like like you, I didn't automatically say, oh, I'm going to live my life for other people. I had to be pushed in that way. <laughs> Right. I had to, I, I would find myself in situations where it would do nothing but push me, like, um, push me away from that. And I think, uh, even discussing that there was a lot of transitions that were not easy, um, and were very uncomfortable. And I had to get used to being uncomfortable, you know, so that I could be free. Yes. I'd be comfortable and all bound up. Yes. And other people would be happy and you're unhappy. You know, that moment when you realize this is the tax that you pay for being your authentic self. There's a price to be you. There's a price to be me. And sometimes that price comes at disappointing other people. Listen, when I started making moves, there were people who low-key maligned me. They were like, well, what's she doing? But what, what I have learned to do, Tisha, is... I've paid very little attention to, I've learned to pay very little attention to that kind of stuff. Because what I realize is some people just don't get it. Mm-hmm. And, and I, I talk about this a little bit. I'm writing a book called The Snatchback, Reclaiming Your Life One Truth at a Time. Ooh. And, yeah, and, and one of the things I realize is sometimes people can't support you in the moves you're making because they're bound. It's not about you and how they feel about you. They just can't see it for themselves. Mm-hmm. And so it's not that they don't love you. And it's not that they're not wonderful people. They just have adjusted their life and they live and exist a certain way. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you becoming something other is uncomfortable for them because they don't really ha- know how to interact with the free you. They knew how to interact with you when you were in a box. But now that you're doing mm-hmm. some things that just don't look like what they're used to, they just don't know how to process it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes these people aren't clapping for us. Mm-hmm. And people say, oh, I always notice who's not clapping. And I, what I tell people is pay attention to who's not clapping. Not so that you can malign them or they're a hater or label them or, or mischaracterize them. That's not Christ-like. Mm-hmm. But I pay attention to who's not clapping so that I know who not to lean on. Mm. because it's hard out here. You know, being an entrepreneur, stepping out here, put, and I hate putting myself out there. This, doing this podcast is huge for me because I don't like putting myself out there. Mm-hmm. I spent all my other years making other people the spotlight. My mm-hmm. clients were the spotlight. My business was the spotlight. My, my church members were. I spent all my time kind of helping other people be great. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. it was uncomfortable. But I realized that there are people that I'm going to need to lean on. 
And the people who aren't clapping, love them, pray for them, but, but just don't lean on them. Right, right. It doesn't make them bad people. They love you. They like you. They just don't know how to support this version of you. Mm-hmm. You know how sometimes you go on an app and it says this, the version of the browser that you have now is not supported any longer? <laughs> it's one of, they don't know how to support you any longer. Yeah, <laughs> so true. So true. I had to get to, and I think in the very beginning when you're not sure that you're shifting, when you don't understand that you're shifting and changing is when you are most offended. Yes, and vulnerable. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yes. But then when you begin to understand, then it, it becomes, for me, it's like, it's okay. It, it, it's really, it's okay. Now it's okay. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's really okay. And I think, um, and like you said, just really understanding that um, if this might be the space for you, and that's okay, but it's yes. no longer the space for me. And I had to really, and, and it took, like you said, taking, going through those check marks and seeing where I was and what, what I needed to be in my life for this new season and what I didn't. And, and honoring the process to get there. Yes. I remember yeah. I, was, I was at a, a church when I, trans, I transitioned um, churches a couple of years ago. And when that transition was difficult. And when I had went to another church, the pastor there was talking about um, museums and how, um, how we go to a museum so we can see history and we can mm-hmm. see things that have definitely played a role in where we are now. Mm-hmm. But it's not for us to stay there. We, we buy tickets and we go and we visit. Mm-hmm. You know, and we appreciate it, but we don't live there. Wow. I was like, wow. Okay. <laughs> okay. Cause I'm like, okay. You're talking about you're talking to me. <laughs> I was like, can we talk about that a little bit? Cause sometimes people get stuck living there. I have an expression I say, stand on your story, not in it. Mm. When you are in the museum, you're still in your story. Your story is support, what happened to you, what you went through, who did what, who said what, who wasn't there, or where you even failed yourself. Because let's face it, we fail ourselves. Yeah. And we fail the Lord all the time. Yeah. That, those things and the lessons that come from them are supposed to be the building blocks on which you, on which you build your life. You're right. supposed to stand on your, on your story, not stay in it. And mm-hmm. some people all end up staying in the story. That's being stuck in that museum that your pastor was talking about. Mm-hmm. You cannot take what you've learned in that space and move upward. We've heard the expression, you never lose, you either win or you learn. And mm-hmm. what we, when, we, when we stay stuck in, in our story, we fail to take the lessons from that story, build up, use them as building blocks and learn to stand on them as we keep climbing. Mm-hmm. Two of the best pieces of advice that somebody gave me when I was making transitions, they said, no matter what happens, keep climbing, Mm. keep climbing. Paul said, I forget those things which are behind and I reach forward to those things that are in front of me and I press. They said, just no matter what happens, even if you stumble and you fall down three flights, get back up and keep Mm. climbing. Mm. And when we're stuck in the story, we're not climbing. We're just standing around waiting for somebody to hand us a rope out. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so true so true so um we've talked about 
how you transitioned um, from the career to the call, right? Mm -hmm. um, what advice would you give to someone who is definitely feeling that, that itch or uncomfortable or feeling like there is more or just downright unhappy in the space that they're in? What advice would you give to them? I would say three things. There's so much talk about living your best life and speaking your truth and standing in your power. And, and I'm there for it, but I'm Jesus all day, every day. And so the first thing that I would say is make sure you pray and seek the Lord for what he wants for your life. Mm -hmm. Because something can sound great, but it might not be God. Something right. can be good, but it's not God. It has one too many O's. So take that time. We live our best life when we answer God's call. I just preached a sermon on this recently, when we answer God's call. So we have to spend some time, cut out all the noise, take a day in your house, get in your prayer closet, you can go away to a hotel and really see God about what the restlessness is and why. And then from there, I always talk about God given, God guided, and God glorifying. When God gives you a plan, he will guide you to it. So through it and how to make it happen. When I was trying to figure out what to do, I said, there's a restlessness. I love where I am and I love what I'm doing, but there's still something more out here. I had to sit down on one of those mini getaways in my plot, which is now my office. It wasn't an office at the time <laughs> in my house. And I sat down and I evaluated what gifts do I know I have? Where do people compliment me? Where do people ask me for help and are thankful that I've helped them? And I try to marry that up with the strengths. I always tell people, play to your strengths. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm a little too old to be trying to fix up weaknesses. If it's not going to cripple me, I'm about to fix it up. <laughs> I play to my strengths. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So wear your strengths. And then begin to look at spaces where those strengths are valued. You can be utilized in a lot of places, but you might not be valued. There's a difference. There's a real difference. <laughs> and, and so look for places where your strengths, what you bring to the table, your unique, authentic self is valued. And then begin to investigate what it takes academically, from a certification standpoint, financially, to move into those spaces. Mm -hmm. And all the while you're praying, but you're moving your feet. You're praying, but you're moving. You pray and you plan and you investigate. And then there will be a period where you are either jump or you're going to get shoved. So don't think that jumping. If it's God, don't think that you're not jumping. It's going to keep you on the ledge. Somebody's going to come and give you a good hard shove. Yeah. yeah. Don't be mad at the shove. Mm. Look at the hand behind the shove. Right. It was the Lord a lot of times. Mm -hmm. And then after you get shoved, what you said about you're kind of in between, that's when you're the most offended at the other people. Remember that it's a process. Mm -hmm. And you don't, one time my husband and I, well, we were at a hotel and we were uh, dressed to go to a wedding and everybody else at the hotel was going to the pool. We were dressed for the wedding. The wedding hadn't started yet. We were standing in the lobby, but everybody else was going to the pool. We weren't dressed for where they were going but we had not gotten yet to where we were, where we were right. going. Sometimes right. you dress for a wedding, but <laughs> and everybody else is around you in flip-flops, and you're not at the wedding yet. So right. sometimes people feel like I'm overdressed or mm -hmm. I'm out of place. Mm -hmm. 
you gave the last piece, which is make up in your mind and in your heart and in your spirit that you will be comfortable being uncomfortable. Because before you know it, you'll be moving into that wedding space where everybody around you is dressed like you. You're going to find a Tisha Talks. You're going to find a Speak Monique. You're going to find people around you who are dressed like you. But if we had run back to our room and changed into flip-flops, we never would have been invited to the wedding. Right. So true. Very good. Thank you. So before, before we go, um, tell us about what you're doing Tell us how um, people can reach you. Tell us things to come. So you can reach me at speakmonique.com. And that is the portal for the various things that I do. One of the main things that I'm working on right now is this book, The Snatchback, Reclaiming Your Life One Truth at a Time. It's coming out in later this summer, launching in the fall. I'm probably going to be calling you for some, to talk me off the ledge. <laughs> So I'm doing that. I'm speaking at a, a conference for uh, African-American female physicians down in uh, Texas. So I'm doing a number of speaking engagements. But if folks want to get with me, see me, go to speakmonique.com. My blogs are there. Some of my videos are there. There's uh, information there. And if you want me to speak, you need me, hit me up. There's a space for you to reach out to me there. Speakmonique.com. Oh, great. Great, great, great. This has been, this has been really good. <laughs> I, um, I love to hear um, other stories that um, where people have taken those those risks and um, and and just God has continued to be faithful. And I think yeah. a lot of times people just need to be encouraged that man He can do it. And even for me, I even say if I mess up, if I fail, He still got me. That's like, right. He still has me. So um, I hope that you guys listening, everyone tuning in, I hope that you guys were really able to um, be encouraged and inspired by Monique's testimony, by her story, by the things that, even the advice and the jewels and the tips that, that she has given. And um, I always end every episode with my one phrase, which I will do this time, is um, when passion meets purpose, great things happen. And as Monique was saying, when you uh, understand what your call is, when you've tapped into what your call is and you align it uh, with your purpose, it doesn't matter what the assignment looks like. It just matters that you're operating in your call, which therefore will allow you to walk in your purpose. And so thank you, Monique. Thank you for joining me. I loved it. Thanks so much. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Hey guys, so I hope you enjoyed this week's podcast. I hope it was encouraging or it inspired you or it empowered you to do something that you wouldn't normally do. I really hope that these podcasts are helping you. And what I would absolutely love is if you could give me a star or I think there's some hand claps or something you can do to just show me some love. Let me know that I'm on the right track and I'm supplying you with valuable information that is going to help you in your journey as you're discovering your purpose, as you're walking in your purpose, and as you're walking in your passion. So until next time, guys, share and subscribe.